Welcome to Working It Out, the Art Slant podcast, the show where we ask, where does art belong? I'm your host, Gillian Dykeman, and with me this week is Brisbane, Australia-based artist, Louise Bennett. Bennett's practice is very multidisciplinary, employing performance, video, and at times driving people around in her car to personal monologues narrating the whole situation. For Bennett, art belongs everywhere all the time, and it often means outside of a gallery context. Join me as we discuss artist-run initiatives in Australia, alternative spaces, and very personal car rides. Welcome to Working It Out, the Art Slant podcast. Uh, my guest today is Louise Bennett, who's speaking to me from Brisbane, Australia. And uh, Louise is joining me to kick off the second season of Working It Out. So last season we asked whether art required an audience. And this season we're asking, where do you think that art belongs? So Louise, thank you for joining me. Hello. And uh, thank you. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we'll start this episode the way we, <laughs> we will start every episode this season, which is to ask you, Louise Bennett, where do you think that art belongs? I think that art belongs everywhere in the world. And I think that art belongs in people's minds and hearts and bodies and memories. I suppose I'm interested in connecting with people um, in in a human way, perhaps. So, um, yeah, I think that art belongs everywhere in the world and not necessarily in museums and um, galleries and white cube context but I think art belongs there as well so uh, when it comes to your practice you're one of these great artists who wears many hats Um, so you've you've got your own practice which often takes the form of video but um, seems to be pretty diverse as well Um, yeah pretty open yeah across like performance audio text um Lots of off-site, uh, site-specific work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then you also work um, with an artist-run initiative. Can you talk to me about how you got involved with Accidentally Any Street? Yeah, sure. So Accidentally Any Street Space is an artist-run initiative here in um, Brisbane. Uh, we started off a group of um, four of us when we were studying together at art school here at QUT in Brisbane. So we were doing honours together and, um, you know, at that time there wasn't a lot of artist-generated initiatives happening in the city and there wasn't a lot of opportunities for artists um, emerging um, or experimental to really exhibit here. So there was a few institutions, like the Modern, um, the Institute of Modern Art, the IMA, Gallery of Modern Art um, and Queensland Art Gallery, but they're they're like big time institutions. So there was this kind of um, gap and um, 
lack of spaces where we could exhibit outside of university. There was two other artist-run initiatives at the time, MSSR and um, Box Copy, and now there's just an explosion and we've gone through waves of um, a lot of spaces. But at the time, yeah, there wasn't a lot going on, so we wanted to show our peers and show experimental work that didn't necessarily um, function or... Um, you know, wasn't readily accepted into a white cube context. So we had a house, so a Queenslander house in Australia is um, like a like a wooden house on stilts because they were built this way because in Queensland um, we're susceptible to flooding. So the houses are built on stilt, the old houses. And so we had one of these old Queenslander houses that my co-directors were living in at the time and we thought, you know, we don't have any money, we don't have any any space, but we all have our homes, like where we live. So we use the house as um, a space for artists to respond to and to exhibit work in or under the house or in the backyard or, or wherever. So we operated like that for about, um, I think, like two years or something. And then, um, you know, as our shows got um, increasingly popular, the neighbours, um, and there were only one night only events because we would have to kind of strip out the house sometimes to um, exhibit these works, or they, they could be large scale installations outside and, and these things could really only be um, temporary, temporarily installed. So there were one night only events and they did attract large crowds of um, people and supporters. <laughs> and the neighbours, um, yeah, they got a bit disgruntled with the attention the street was getting and the real estate got involved and stuff and so did the Brisbane City Council and um, disappointingly they weren't very supportive of our initiative um, and wanted us to um, discontinue and the real estate wanted us to take down all photographs of um, the house off our website because obviously we would document the shows to create an archive. Anyway, so we went off-site. We weren't going to, um, to not keep putting on shows and engaging with artists. So we went off site and we curated exhibitions in um, like motel rooms, um, baggage lockers at train stations. We did a, sh a show through Skype, like a performance show mm -hmm. with people from um, all around. And um, yeah, just different things like motivational speaking. So was this a like strictly non-commercial venture or was it a hybrid? Yes. Yeah. Strictly non-commercial, yeah. So, you know, um, there, there, at the time, there was some funding available for artist-run initiatives from our local city council as well, as well as federal. But we we always um, made a stand not to apply for that funding because we didn't want anything to dictate how we curated the program because it was a very organic um, way that we, we worked together you know, we, as four artists, myself, Elizabeth Willing, Stephen Russell and Erica Scott, we all have very different practices with really um, varied interest areas. So, you know, if somebody was really obsessed with, you know, one artist or one kind of um, idea or themes or whatever, and that would pop up and we would talk about that and we would oh well I know this artist and oh this could work here or I saw this space the other day when I was walking around you know it was all very um in 
progress and in process that to apply for funding we would have had to sit down and program you know a year's worth of um, shows in advance to show them you know what our program what they're going to be funding and, mm-hmm. and have to quit on that and we were just not interested in that mode of working and there's something about the freedom um yeah the freedom to do whatever we want if we're not you know relying on external um funding and conditions mm-hmm. we really were free to just do what we wanted yeah that's yeah, a, what we want yeah that's a really interesting stance in, in canada we have a um pretty good public funding at kind of every level of government depending on where you are but um that's nice that's good yeah it is it yeah. is good there's you know obviously not enough to go around so it's very competitive uh so yeah, yeah people find themselves in this situation that any street isn't like no funding but still wanting to make something happen just kind of going for it anyway i think we work to limitations quite a bit so i don't know like we do do great things and the ideas are strong and 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 um and rich but we don't really think on this grand scale where we you know we would need thousands and thousands of dollars to do anything i don't know there's something about um doing great things with limited resources looking at at the local looking at itself being very self-aware of where we are yeah i mean i'm curious about where you are where the work's being made um are there sort of specific concerns that come up that you wouldn't see um, in a in a commercial space or one of these larger institutions? Yeah, the work um, and with any street, it could be possibly more about yeah location, um, people looking at themselves, and also um, there's a political there's always a kind of political um, undercurrent here because of our position we have always been the more conservative state we have these stereotypes of being um the bogan um state so bogan meaning you know like the the outback kind of hick um yeah yeah lower lower class or something so artists are responding to this situation um yeah yeah well i mean (laughs) Uh, so it's sort of like, uh, yeah, it's just a bit more marginalized culturally. Is that what? I'm... Yeah, we yeah here we are far more a minority than in the other states. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's kind of in a broad sense um, thinking about any street. Um, but so, I suppose I could relate that to my to my own work as well. I'm definitely looking at myself and my position. Yeah, the world. yeah. I was yeah. hearing that as you were describing this kind of work, and I was definitely thinking of um, what I've seen of your work. I want to talk about uh, traces. It was the first piece of yours I was shown, um, and yeah, because I was having this discussion with a colleague, friend, mutual friend, um, about um, artists interested in landscape and place and such. And um, for this work, you have these sort of typical. Um, outlooks of like an Australian landscape, which landscape, you yeah. yeah, which you then trace with your finger in a video, and then yeah. you can kind of hear these like sort of intimate sounds of like you breathing or sniffling <laughs> as you're tracing your finger. Yeah, and so it's an interesting thing because it's sort of reflecting on this um, this uh, 
it's almost a cliche of the landscape, but um, yeah, I mean, convention of landscape, but then like asserting yourself into it in this really disruptive way. And so where with with this sort of principal question of where do you think that art belongs, I'm wondering where for you the art is located in that piece. Is it in the showing of the work? Is it in dialogue with Whoa. landscapes? Like, is it in your <laughs> performance? Yeah, is it happening in the video? Is it happening in the performance? Is it happening when I show it on a screen or yeah, in the, or online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where is the art happening? Yeah, I mean, the way you disseminate your work um, is interesting because you do choose to put it... It's publicly available on YouTube. There's no password. You know, it's yeah. free. So in this sense, you've got a lot of different kinds of audience but uh yeah where would you say your priorities are as far as you know the art making in that i think when i'm when i'm making though i'm always thinking about um the public display when it is in that considered space of exhibition mode um and i haven't really given too much thought to the online um, reception of it. It took a long time for me to put stuff up online because I, the way that I install is so specific to what's happening in the video that I do like to have all of those controls in place. Um, Can you describe for me how you set up just even that specific video as far as... Yeah, cool. I'll talk about that work. Yeah. Um, so Traces came about when I was getting ready to go on my first international artist residency to Greece, to an island um, called Kefalonia Island. Um, And I was in contact with the lady there and in her emails she kept on saying that she she couldn't wait for me to, to come, she couldn't wait for me to bring an Australian perspective to Greece. And I was thinking a lot about this um, sentiment because you know before she was saying that I hadn't really considered myself um, as an Australian artist so I was thinking about what does that mean um, yeah to have this identification associated with my work mm-hmm. um, yeah whereas in the past I was I was far more interested in just the screen my my um, relationship to digital media but more so the, the screen like cinema screen or um, um, handheld device or computer mm-hmm. screen or whatever screen. Um, yeah, so it was a really nice turning point for me going, like getting ready to go overseas because I did start to consider where I'm from a bit more and that's really influenced where I am now. Yeah, so I, um, yeah, I was thinking about what Australian art and how like the classic colonial um perspective is usually these um, landscape paintings um, and not not being a painter and not really identifying with that colonial perspective I wanted to be in the landscape like I really wanted to kind of um, be and, and embody the landscape in a physical tactile way or something but so that's how I, I approached the traces work but I'm still distanced with the um, the use of the the video camera and the screen. So I suppose I'm I'm trying to um, 
get closer to the landscape with my finger by by tracing the um, the scene that's in front of me. These kind of quintessential um, Aussie landscapes. Um, yeah, but I'm kind of I'm referencing representation, I suppose. That even though I'm using my hand and my body, and the the camera is shaky, and you can tell that it's all happening pretty quickly and in situ, it's pretty responsive. Um, it's still like a composed landscape image shot set up. I'm referencing possibly painting or drawing with the um, with my finger. In um, in North America, landscape landscape paintings and such themselves are quite implicated in uh, the processes of colonization, um, yeah. and, and especially watercolors as like um, kind of like early explorers were trained, uh, and and officers and such were trained to make observational paintings of landscape, and that was part of taking ownership of those things was sort of quantifying them in this in this through this western lens um yeah is that a history that we share with australia is there similar processes definitely and i suppose that's what i'm wanting to get away from is instead of it being an observational ownership it's wanting to connect and and be in it and a part of it and draw on my own connection and experiences that i have i mean I, i can see this these kinds of concerns carrying through with um, what I can see of See Yourself and Me. Is that a video piece or is it an installation? Ah, yeah, so this is really recent. <laughs> um, yeah, so this, this functions um, ideally being there in the time, but I think, you know, it will become a video work. I've already got ideas for it, for a video work, but um, this was first shown at my, my house and so my flat in Spring Hill in Brisbane, which is really inner city. Um, I live in an attic flat above some houses, so I'm up on the rooftops and I have a little courtyard outside and I strung up this this banner that I made because I was thinking about um, the sky. You know that James Turrell work, Meeting Place, Mm -hmm. where it's um, where the sky opens up and and you're looking through a... um, like a rectangle in the ceiling and it's just the sky and it's just beautiful and you know for me when I first saw that I was thinking about the screen it's like oh is this a projection is this a, it's a tv screen oh no I can feel the crisp air of the of the um the coolness outside and you can see the birds chirping and stuff and it's like ah oh, you know the the world coming into the gallery or or us extending out that was a pretty huge work for me. Anyway, so I was thinking about um, how we're all connected. And um, so I wanted to make this work where people could try to uh, insert themselves into the sky or the universe or me, because the text does say, see yourself in me. Mm -hmm. The text um, is cut out of white cotton fabrics. So, when it was installed, it was above everybody. So you're standing underneath it or sitting underneath it and you look up and you read the sky as the word. So the sky becomes the text that you're reading um, the words through. So I don't know, in a sense, the outside becomes part of the work. And I was interested in how people could take it as, yeah, see yourself in um, 
the sky and something bigger than yourself or mm-hmm. ideas bigger than yourself or see yourself in me personally the person we were in my domestic space we were in my home or see yourself in the position of artist or see yourself as art object and like, I don't know, a range of things could could pop up there and then recently I um just on the weekend, actually, I travelled to New South Wales, which is the next state south of Queensland, mm-hmm. um, which is where my father grew up in a small, small town, country town, very west called Narromine. It's about half an hour west of Dubbo, and Dubbo is like the transit spot for the west. It's, it's quite um, regional. And I'd never been there before, and I went with my dad's sister, my auntie, to try and... Um, explore a bit of family history um, that I wasn't privy to before because I didn't know very much about uh, my father's side of the family. And so I, I took the um, See Yourself and Me banner with me and I set it up on the bank of the Macquarie River in Narromine. So it's, it's a pretty beautiful river, these beautiful um, trees and birds and just land as far as you can see. Mm-hmm. And I got to spend, I think I spent about three, two or three hours on the bank of the river spending time with that banner. Yeah. How do you connect that with like, uh, um, like settler colonial kind of narratives? Or actually, I think you expressed trying to, trying to disconnect from that in a way. Um, but either way, what does that gesture for you do in terms of, in, in those terms, essentially, in post-colonial terms? Yeah. I think this has um, been a bit of a struggle for me to get to this point because I, I think I've um, I felt so much, um, I don't know, so much super awareness of the position that I'm in as a, as a white person. And I've always been so, so aware of um, not, not being on my land, like this isn't my land, um, this is the Aboriginal land, and I've I think I've, I think I'm just sharing my own um, experience and connection mm-hmm. to the land as respectful as I can. Well, I mean, to also yeah. the the gesture itself, like the this banner, see yourself and me. It's an ephemeral yeah. thing. It's not. It's not um, like you know earlier heroic land art sought to put something large and permanent on the landscape and sort of on those terms of ownership and domination. And yeah, yeah, I see this as definitely counter that, if anything. Yeah, it's very transient. It's it's up and then uh, like it's documented and it will, you know, function as a video work in the future. Um, But yeah, it's always taken away nothing's left behind mm-hmm. you know no, yeah no um mark is really made on the landscape yeah well that seems important an important distinction to me as far as like um separating the work like not implicating the work in those narratives and finding a different way to respond to the land that's still you know very meaningful but isn't about isn't about domination uh, another recent work of mine, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, it's called Closer Each Day. No, and I didn't see it. Yeah, it's the only documentation of it, so it's hard to get um, a gist of it. But what it was, was I was taking people on car rides in my car, and 
I would play an audio track when everyone would get in, and so I'd press play, with, and it's only a seven-minute car drive. So you're driving with me, I press play, these audio, um, these sounds of my car mechanics, like the internal, like changing of gears and the, the indicator going on, they're all kind of happening at the same time as me driving, but of course they're out of sync because it's two different times happening. And then I start speaking this um, kind of stream of consciousness monologue thing, recalling um, experiences and memories of stuff that I've done by, like travels done by road. And I'm speaking about the landscape, but we're in the car and there's personal stuff intertwined. And it's like taking these people on this journey um, and, and it's triggering all of this stuff for them, you know, like for everybody's personal um, mm-hmm. experiences of because we do so much travel by road here and I think it's similar in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's just so much land and there's always the road trips. And, but still, again, there's like we're still in the car, you know, everything's kind of mediated by um, machine in some way. That's try, I'm trying to get closer to people. So if they're feeling it in their bodies and they're walking away from an experience, um, you know, hopefully that stays with them a bit so much of the time we look at work and then we look for the didactic panel and that's kind of where it ends and so yeah um i mean i think it's this is this it's essentially like it's a performance in a car this is very like unorthodox way of presenting artwork is to um bring people in your car (laughs) around (laughs) okay so this act of taking strangers friends and so on in a car as your art is something that would be difficult um to do in like through a larger institution um as they'd probably i imagine it's similar there to here where they'd be concerned with liability um and that would just sort of that would just put an end to things other than under very controlled circumstances and there wouldn't be this sort of freedom to just repeat it and so i mean there's something about like um yeah your position as being in this more marginal place that um also produces like artistic like agency okay so i like to work outside of the gallery because i find the world's far more interesting for me to respond to and like i get ideas from experience and every the fabric of everyday life so when i was in that residency and i was in that white cube gallery i just didn't know what to do so i went outside so there's there's that playing out but then i i think there is also this kind of um not rejection of the institution but um Yeah, empowering the artist and the viewer.